Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to Bretton Cliff's Flea Circus. I'm Cliff and the man in the crypt is... The man in the crypt? Yeah. I'm not in a crypt. It looked like you are. No. This looks week, like you're actually in a coffin. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I've been watching uh, what they do in the shadows as well. The, the TV series. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Uh, anyway, Matt Berry, I'm... just being Matt Berry again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking, where, where on earth did he get that accent from? Where? <laughs> I don't know, but wherever he got it from, it's amazing. His entire career is. is based on his voice. <laughs> And uh-huh. pronouncing words just a little bit wrong in a funny in a booming voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was I was listening to a podcast uh, a year ago, I think, a little bit longer maybe, and he was on um, with the guy from Queens of Stone Age. Okay. And he was talking because I think Matt Berry uh, like he brought out a couple of albums or something. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of them. They're, they're really good. Like they're not jokey. They're, they're uh-huh. excellent. Really serious. He's got his own studio in his house. He plays like like 20 instruments and stuff he produces it mm-hmm. plays every instrument he's got an album that i think he would like all all of tv's uh children's tv themes like uh rainbow and stuff like that like from the class. 70s class. <laughs> yeah I, I like the sound it's of that. like, it's like kind of prog rock kind of stuff and uh he's got one called um music for insomniacs which is just like these two long suites of music like listen to it mm-hmm. at night it's good <laughs> really good anyway <laughs> <laughs> don't know how we got into that bit. Anyway, I'm I'm Skunk and Nancy this week. Okay, I was going to say the I'm whole band, the whole band. Yeah, not just I'm the whole skin. Band. No, singer. I'm not just skin. No, My old uh, media studies lecturer in college said was the most beautiful woman in the world. She's, she, I think she's a dangerous looking woman myself. He's wrong, isn't he? Like he's, he's wrong. yeah. <laughs> I think he is. No, I think he is. Against not that. No, no. But you should kill you, wouldn't you? Which is an attractive in itself. Should definitely go for you, yeah. <laughs> for for a certain type, for a certain demographic, it is. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> Count you in. <laughs> what you what you been doing? Anything this week? Uh, I almost died about an hour ago, so there's that. Uh, another electrocution. No, uh, the lift decided to drop three floors. Did it? <laughs> yeah. Shocking that. Uh, well, I bet you yeah, got a right uh, old fright. It was. We were just getting in the lift and Jane said, oh, apparently there's been hell on in these lifts today. Like some of the women in the WhatsApp group for the tower were saying, uh-huh. oh, we've uh, 
the lifts like we dropped three floors and I was like whatever they're always exaggerating these women and then it literally happened like 10 it seconds did. later uh, proper shit myself uh, yeah you know, God knows that's how it happened scary. right but yeah and then it just went up to our floor and we got out uh, that's it's awful when we we worked at T-Mobile there people used to get in the lift and just jump up and down to see if we could break it but it was only a floor so like you know I don't idea, think it would have been that bad but the, the worst lift I've ever been in my life um, was in Woolworths in South Shields. Have you? Did you ever go on that lift? Well, I worked in Woolworths in South Shields for a very short spell of time. Did you? Have I ever told you the story about this? I worked there. I don't think so. Worked there Has it got for, anything to do with the lift? Uh, well, I went in it a few times, but I, I know what you mean. It was a very mm. old lift, wasn't it? Uh, almost it like somebody awful. was like put, like just pulling it uh, up. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's worked, exactly what it was like. I worked there for like a Christmas uh, job mm-hmm. um, with the hope of being kept on, obviously. Uh, yeah. It was all right. Like it wasn't the, wasn't the best part-time job I ever had. I left McDonald's to work there. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I didn't leave, I didn't like get headhunted or anything like that. I left McDonald's and ended up <laughs> with a job there. <laughs> um, paid slightly <laughs> more money. It was a Christmas job. So... Oh, one part of it was great that if I ever did the night shift, I had to like stack the toy shelves. So I used to go in the big uh-huh. warehouse where all the toys were and then stack the shelves with all the toys. Um, yeah. Stock up was the Teddy Ruxpin mix. there? Teddy Ruxpin was there just walking around, obviously. Sinister. <laughs> <laughs> These little caterpillar mates. Stock up the pick and mix. Um I must have told you, man, because it was around the millennium and it was when uh, Gary Glitter got done for being a paedophile uh-huh. and I put uh, his Christmas song on uh, oh, on he... a loop <laughs> over <Yeah>. and over. <laughs> that, that does ring a bell, actually. I think we it. saw in the paper, in the Gazette, somebody sent a letter in complaining that they had been on in Woolworths, which was uh, in WH Smith's, which was next door. So next time I went into work, uh-huh. I put it on, on a loop to see if anybody would right. complain. Um, did that? No, but disappointingly. Anyway, yeah. um, I didn't get kept on, like not because of that, uh, <laughs> but I was really gutted. Like, there's no reason for us not to get kept on. They kept some people on, and you know me, I'm a conscientious worker. So, uh, <laughs> um, I, I was gutted not to get kept on. And mm. another lad mm. who worked there already, ages after, I was like, hey, I, like, I, I still don't get why I got let go from that job because I was. It was all right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one for me, Dad. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, like, basically, there was two people called Paul, and, and what, what one of you used to, like, nick off and just smoke in, like, the lifts, like, in the back pit. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't know which one it was. So, so you were confused with the other Paul. <laughs> well, that's very kind, isn't it? That's anyway, nice of them. So my dad... Well, that's uh, a disgrace. Obviously, he'll be picking us up on saying you know what I mean there but also he has a little mm-hmm. confession for you I pretended to go to work at Woolworths for the next month <laughs> <laughs> what did you do instead I just used to sit in the park sit in uh sit on a park <laughs> bench in like black trousers and a white shirt like a big trump well no very smart <laughs> trump I used to do <laughs> um, <laughs> I used I used to do a very similar thing when I worked for the police I used to just phone in sick and think oh my god in there and uh, I used to just go to the Metro Centre and stuff with that blue 
pass that you used to have that yeah. used to get you on the metro and all the buses. <laughs> well, I didn't just even just stare in the officer's club window. I had no money. <laughs> um, uh, I remember sitting on the park bench at, uh, at the library at the Nook for ages, <laughs> just like uh-huh. maybe I should tell me mum and dad that I haven't been kept on. But no, it was about a month. It's uh, funny that, isn't it? It's funny. Obviously, I wasn't like a full time job, so I wasn't like going yeah. every day. Uh, but yeah, I was too scared or too ashamed right. to tell me mum and dad. But that was when I I didn't realise it was a case of mistaken identity. Uh, I should have told yeah. them that. I mean, look what these woolies people have uh, have done here. Well, what they've have they achieved? Yeah, you know? they've they've gone under. Well, unfortunately, they've gone under. Back the wrong Do you call horse. it Woolworth? Do you call it Woolworth or Woolworths? Because my last calls it Woolworth. You know, there's people Without who aren't the like Geordies are from Shields going to be like, "What the fuck are they talking about here?" <laughs> Um, no, but this is this is a, a big American store, man. That's what it was. Yeah, no, but not Woolworth. Not just in the North <laughs> I don't think they call it Woolworth in fucking LA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, well, I can't change my voice. I know. I can't change my voice. Um, can I? I, I think I would call it Woolies. Woolworths. Or Woolworths mm-hmm. with the S. Got to add the S. I'd definitely call it Woolworths. Yeah. I like, I don't say Mark, where, do you say yeah, Marks, Marks and Spencers? I mean, well, you know, when, you're, know. when you're looking through the window, one there, anyway. <laughs> thinking about going inside. Oh, I don't look through the window. <laughs> I was reading the Stephen King book and then the Stephen King book again, much like everything that I proved to people, like I did with you, it said Woolworths in there. So it's definitely Woolworths. Okay, well. That's what I, I mean, think. I agree with it. I mean, we could look on the sign. We could go all uh, night, couldn't we? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> look on the sign. That's it. Uh, you know our Twitter mate, the Abroth Matam. Yes, he was. He does the podcast, the football podcast there now. I've seen it's it. Yeah, I've listened to it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've seen good. it pop up. I've got a couple of. Uh, keep meaning to give it a listen. Yeah, good. So on the on the podcast, I listened to it. It was quite funny, and uh, they were talking about football mascots, okay. and it got me. Got me thinking. I don't know if this was. I think it was you. It must have been you. Uh, can you remember when we had the the Samsons, the cat, uh, yeah. mass, the whole thing in the house, and we had it well, on and stuff? Very like much, that. very much so. Yes. <laughs> I thought you would. I thought you would because uh, me, me dad. For people listening, me dad used to work for uh, football in the community. For suddenly he was a coach, and uh, he used to go into schools and, and coach kids and things like that. And he used to get one of the trainees dressed up as Samson's the cats to sort of entertain the kids and stuff. He, yeah, Sam he, still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he maintains that he didn't he never got in the in the Samson the cat uh, costume, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. How about could you that. resist? I know. Well, that's the thing. So one of these times the, the Samson the cat costume was was at my house. So uh so what I did did was I, I put it on because I think you were coming over, weren't you? Yeah. So I put it on to surprise you, open the door, yeah. you know, as Samson the cat. Yeah. Uh, so I heard the door go, I put it on and everything. I mean, it, it was heavy thing. It was yeah, I remember. Weird, it was right? fucking stunk in the head as well. <laughs> it did stink. It stunk a sweat, didn't it? Yeah, it was horrible. 
<laughs> oh, it was absolutely awful. So they, they, they knock on the door and they go down the stairs and open the door and it's the postman. He gets the, the fright of his life. But obviously, <laughs> I, I thought it was you. I mean, he was fucking terrified. This big cat answering the door. But uh, I remember I had that in the, in the I house. I think this old time. video, isn't it? I didn't have it for a long time. It's expensive. My dad was sworn to keep it safe. It was a... Aye, it was a rather expensive bit of kit. Row, row, row your boat <laughs> gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. If you see a crocodile, don't forget to scream. Took a turn for the worst that trip, didn't it? It did. It was a dream. The first verse. <laughs> I mean, get eaten by a crocodile. Hang on, the next hang on right. You're rowing the boat merrily down the street, yeah. right? And it, but the the person narrating the song is saying, "If you see your crocodile, don't forget the scream." Yeah. Why does he need to remind you of that? <laughs> yeah. Just, just I mean, if you see a, a crocodile as you row the boat, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that I'm going to do is scream. You might no have way, empirical There's no way evidence. I want to be turned around in the water constantly by a crocodile. You might have That's empirical all. evidence that you freeze. <laughs> could do. <laughs> that could happen, couldn't it? You might think happen. you're going to scream when you see that crocodile. I've, <laughs> I've witnessed from the banks, yeah. banks of the river, banks of the stream, many times. <laughs> People just freeze. People just freeze. So before you set off, can I just remind you? Don't forget to scream <laughs> when you see it. It won't. Honestly, it won't have any effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't fall don't either way. Don't freeze. They love it when you freeze them crocodiles. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, isn't it ironic that they that crocodile hunter man got in all them crocodiles' mouths and that and wrestled with them, and then a little stingray got him. I know. I mean, it's awful. He shouldn't be messing with stingrays, should he? He shouldn't be messing name? with any of them, really, should he? No, he should be honest. But then he's naming it. Yeah. Shouldn't got be cocky. flying around with any of them. He got cocky, and then he saw a stingray. He thought, "I'm fine. I'll I'll wrestle with the crocodiles, man." This this stingray, nah, it'll not do me any harm. Didn't Bob's in the heart. The Bob. <laughs> <laughs> this week, because I, I, I've been watching stuff with Wallace, and okay. I've watched Raised by Wolves. Have you seen that? Or you heard of that? The Ridley Scott thing. That's I've heard good. of it, but what is it? It's not the Caitlin Moran it's, thing, is it? I'm sure she you know, is. It's a sci-fi thing with the the guy who was in Vikings, Travis Fumel, I think he's called. Okay. And, My uh, dad loves Vikings, really good. so I haven't seen it. I, I liked it. I liked it, but then when he died, I stopped watching it. So, But anyway, check that out if uh, if you can, because that's, that's really good. But the other thing that I've become obsessed with, Cliff, okay. is Ghanaian movie posters. <laughs> have you heard of these yeah is it where they like change any they change the words <laughs> well i think what it is right it, it, obviously these films come out in in sort of ghana and stuff like that and the people painting the posters they don't get the real posters so what they've got to do is just guess what the films are about and they've got to guess what that does and things like that look like yeah so i've sent you the first one where have you sent it? What do you make of the first one? Have after your phone, not your brain directly. I mean, it's not Johnny. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so the the one that and I'll put these I'll put them on the, the Twitter as well. I've sent you one of your favourites, Mission Impossible. What do you I, make of Tom I don't Cruise like there? the first three Mission Impossible films? Can I just tell you that right now? Um, all right. Okay. I think this is an incredible poster. <laughs> <laughs> I particularly like I presume that's also him on the bike rather than the main picture. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like him, does it? <laughs> doesn't look like the same one. Well, doesn't look... No, it doesn't look like the same got Tom Cruise, although it looks more like a poster for Lethal Weapon. Like, if it said Lethal Weapon, I'd be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. But it's got a big Sometimes they do that. Had... Sometimes they mix two films in one. But the That's guy what the sometimes bo- do. What the hell? The... I mean, this is terrible subject matter for a podcast, isn't it? You sending me a picture and me going, yeah, that's funny. But um... Yeah, but I want you to describe it. So Okay, so... In any way, Mission I'll Impossible. send you another one. So the next one, we've got The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. Not loved. <laughs> the Spy Who Loved Me. <laughs> and we've got... What does it say at the bottom? Lovers Teshi Club. So we've got a man who I guess is meant to be James Bond. This looks like a Vic Reeves drawn, by the way. Um, <laughs> a man who's meant to be James Bond. There's a leaping salmon. With a leaping salmon, yeah. What's the leaping salmon there for? The spy who loved me. And the yeah, last and a one woman who I is presume one. is she looks aghast behind James Bond's back. <laughs> <laughs> she looks rather aghast, doesn't she? Uh-huh. She doesn't oh, look well next? at all, actually. Mr. Doubtfire, they've got that all wrong. All wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they have got Mrs. Doubtfire wrong. This is another one where I think that they, you know, obviously they haven't realised it's a comedy. She's put Mrs. Doubtfire. Actually, the picture she's of Mrs. Doubtfire and Robin face. Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire is pretty good, actually. But she's got a broomstick yeah. through the eye of what looks like Roblo, um, who's not in the film. Yeah. Uh, and then there's <laughs> just, for some reason, an outside. Who's got a foot? Shoulders and head of Robin Williams coming out of the floor, grabbing Mrs. Doubtfire's foot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Fantastic, isn't it? We need more of them. Good artwork. Yeah, I think we do. I think I'll I'll put them. Obviously, I'm well aware of the fact that people (laughs) don't know what we're talking about, so I'll put them on my Twitter so they know what what we're on about. But yes, that's what I've been doing this week, Cliff. That's so what we're going to talk about. We're talking this week about... Uh, why are we talking about it? We're talking about Hard Day's Night, the Beatles film from 1964. Yeah. We're talking, talking about, about, I think, cause, uh, because John Lennon, when we were, I think that's what got... We're, we're talking about it. It was his, uh, uh, his it was 80th on the birthday telly. last week and stuff. Yeah. It was on the yeah. telly because it, um, it would have been John Lennon's 80th birthday. On the mm-hmm. 9th of October. And John Lennon is the man, as far as I'm concerned. No. I have no. Have you ever seen his naked, Cliff? No. no I mean, it's surprising, but no, I don't think Ooh, I Ooh, large intake of breath. <laughs> I was picturing no, it. I, I don't think I've seen you naked, actually. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but if you had seen his naked, you'd be uh, well aware of the fact that I have a John Lennon tattoo. And my son is also called Lennon, so yeah. I'm a, a massive John, John Lennon, Lennon fan. Tattoos on as your you arm? are as well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, on the arm. But you know, if I was naked, you'd probably still see it. You wouldn't. I would. Me, me eyes wouldn't be looking at your arm. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. So it's a film that I've seen, I don't know, around 10 times probably. Uh, and there's not very many films I've watched over and over like that. Yeah. Um, having the music in, uh-huh. I mean, it's my, my favourite band and, and having the music in helps with that, obviously. But I, I think it's one of those great films that, you know, if you have people over uh, and you want to be a bit cool and you've got something, mm-hmm. you put something arty on the telly while there's some music on or whatever, it just, it's one of those. I think I've probably, uh-huh. like, always kind of had on the background occasions and stuff like that as yeah. well. And if it's ever uh-huh. on the telly, like the other night, I, I'll... If I'm flicking, I'll I'll land on it and keep it on, like which is exactly what happened the other day when when it was right. being repeated. Uh, I, like uh-huh. I love it, but we'll get into why I love it and why I think it's great um, after. What what about you? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I was yeah, probably a teenager when I first saw it, and, and I, I I loved it. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic, and I, I still do. I mean, the thing that uh, I really like about it is it's just. The Beatles just being themselves, really, in it, sort of, sort of improv and stuff like that, where they're yep. just they're just themselves, and their personalities and stuff like that just come through, and they're like witty and they're funny and they're full of life and stuff like that. I just I, I love it for that reason. I think obviously the songs and stuff are amazing as well, absolutely class. Yeah, and when you you find out like you know the title of the film is like you know some of that Ringo stars just made up. And then they've had a competition to see who could write, you know, the best yeah. song with that as the title, and they've done it within still, like a day still or something. Trying. I mean, that's just realise the film. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Ringo's little there, uh, little title, isn't it? So you yeah. can take some credit for that, can't? Yeah, you? yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. No, you can I... take a lot of credit for the stuff in this film. I mean, we'll love Ringo, don't we? I think Ringo's the best person in this film. Do you? You mean the best actor or person? I think he, I think his character is the mm. best character in the film. And not for that by the river scene that everybody uh-huh. says, oh, and that's what made people think he was an actor, but he was just hung over. Not for that. I think yeah. apart from the first thing he says, which is awful when he in the, they're in the train carriage and then he does that weird laugh. So he hasn't even finished saying the words and he goes, ah, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Everything after that, I think uh-huh. he's the most likable Beatle in it. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. okay. I'll say it a different way. I think he's the most likable Beatle in it, and I can see why Ringo ended up with a big following in America uh, while the Beatles was going on. Because it, for me, he's the, the the most lovable Beatle in this. Uh, I think George is actually the best. You think? Yeah, I think George is the best. Okay. I think he's. A, I think George is the coolest. Uh, but I always think George is the coolest. So. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> well, I, I, I just, I'll go for John Lennon. I think. I know. I, know. I think he's the coolest. I think he's the wittiest. I think he's the craziest. The most yeah. off the wall. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can say like, you know, that he loves like stuff like the goons and stuff like that. And yeah, you can see Peter the, Sellers the and Spike Milligan and stuff in this for yeah. sure. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I, I, agree. I mean, it, it's so funny. This film, one of the things I think about this is obviously when it came out in 1964, the Beatles had like just been on the Ed Sullivan show when they started filming this, uh, so they just cracked America mm-hmm. and Beatlemania was at its height in England, just starting in America. Um, and this film apparently was going to be called Beatlemania, 
before it was called yeah. Hard Day's Night. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what it's about, really. It's basically the Beatles playing themselves, getting chased by fans, getting into a few scrapes on their yeah. way to filming a TV special where they play a little set in front of adoring fans. Um, and that's not a revolutionary when you think about it now, but that's because all kind of banned films and stuff, banned, not not outlawed. Mm-hmm. I mean, music films follow that trajectory. Look at Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody recently. Mm-hmm. If you look at all of these like music films, it all follows the same template. Yeah. And that template was set out by this film. Mm-hmm. Like This was the first one that did that. Uh-huh. Um, there had been other music yeah. films before you. We've talked about The Girl Can't Help It, which I still think we should cover on this. Uh, Cliff Richard had been in a couple of yeah. uh, films by this point. Um, Espresso Bongo was the kind of first one. I so all day in that. Great. Espresso Bongo is yeah. well worth watching because it's kind of similar to this in, in look and feel, but a bit more sinister. Um, but this was kind of encapsulated, but also it, it's the first time a band Beatles are the first band that are like this for a start that have these personalities that are willing to, or they're not being exploited, but their personalities are part of the music and part of everything about them. They're the first time a band like this existed. They're the first time a band like this ended up getting a film of their own where Mm -hmm. it basically shone a light on these personalities because it was as much of the appeal as the music was, yeah, it's hard to kind of think about it now because it's so ingrained in the culture the Beatles are and what their personalities <laughs> are that you can't kind of separate that a bit. And also now you know everything about people in bands and stuff like that. But at the time you, you didn't. Yeah. And the fact that they were a band being interviewed and they were funny and uh-huh. answering questions like in irreverent ways and mm-hmm. kind of snapping back at the the interviewers and stuff like that was unheard of, absolutely unheard of. But in this film, they take the piss out of that um, and play it for laughs. And I think it's it's, yeah. it's a groundbreaking they film do. for me for more ways than one, it's, but it's that's the, one of them. Well, it, it is for me as well. I mean, the other thing that's, that's uh, it's difficult uh, to gauge, I guess, you know, looking back, it's, this was like the birth of, of youth culture and stuff like that. And there's a, a part... At the start of the film, where they're on a train and they're sitting in a carriage, and this uh, this old sort of older guy gets on with his suit and his bowler hat and yeah. stuff like that, you know, and they, they start putting the radio on. He's telling them to switch the radio off yeah. and stuff like that, and you know, you, you can't do this and you can't do that. And John Lennon, obviously being that character, has a right go at him, doesn't he? Yeah, do you know what I mean. Oh, because this is your train, isn't it? So that, I mean, that the, there's there's elements of that in it obviously the youth culture coming up and and things like that as well the other thing that i got from it as well is like a part of it where the, the beatles are or i mean I, I think that this was true of the beatles obviously at that time i mean that just started to become famous and, and things and uh there was like this thing where the they were a little bit unsure about the fame type thing always trying to get away or you know not sign autographs throughout the film and stuff like yeah. that do you know what i mean so there's that part as well. So that's the other interesting thing that, that I got from it, you know, that these guys have, have suddenly become like the biggest band in the world 
that are famous everywhere. That's what they wanted. But then when they got there, it's a bit shocking, you know. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit hard to take type thing. Yeah, again, like absolutely unprecedented. So I mean, the the first shot of the film is them being chased down the street by fans while they're on their way to the train. Uh, to get the train to London to be in this TV show. And they yeah. were real fans following them. So it was actually yeah. like, it was a real scenario. It they just... are fans chasing their idols down the street. And it's yeah. a great opening scene. It's, it's such a good opening scene to a film. It sets well, it up it's, perfectly. It's a great opening code and a great opening yeah. scene, isn't it? I, I mean, amazing. <laughs> I mean, just perfect. Um, well, I think it's probably... The, the most famous chord, opening chords in music. I, I, isn't would, it? I would have thought so, yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like, just adding to what you said about the youth culture, I, I don't know whether uh, I kind of agree with that, but for me, it's more about class difference. Um, and That's in it as well. For it's sure, about yeah. them being working class, breaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at what they did, in terms of popular culture, the Beatles broke class barriers. They they broke mm-hmm. the difference between working class and upper class. Uh, I don't think they always got it right, mm-hmm. and I think they would say they didn't always get it right, but these are four, and this film shows it, these are four lower working 23 class... 23-year-old lads. Three lower working class guys. John Lennon, uh-huh. who's kind of in a middle-class upbringing, but actually the life he lived was, well, non-working class because yeah. he didn't have a job. Um, and... They're they're on the train with that guy with the bowler hat. Like that's real. Like they were in that scenario, and there was people sneering at them. But they were they had broken those uh-huh. barriers. They were thrust yeah. into like all of these like affairs and gala dinners and stuff where people wanted to like yeah. prod and poke at them and cut the hair uh-huh. and stuff like that. And like there were these know, yeah. little specimens and stuff and. That's one thing that the Beatles did. For me, as much as youth culture, it was more about the class, breaking class barriers or showing that working class people could achieve something. And as much as they were kind of thought of as uh-huh. the kind of goody two-shoes band in comparison to the Rolling Stones, for example, like they weren't. These are like real working mm-hmm. class guys like me or you, like yeah, the yeah. kind of families we're from and worse and, and so certainly in Ringo's case and George's case were yeah, very get kind that of rough upbringing. I get that I get that completely. I mean, you, you look back at that time and everybody, you know, Peter Sellers, for example, was from Yorkshire, wasn't he? But he yeah. had he, he he consciously changed his accent into this very posh sort of accent so he could, you know. He could be in films, yeah. he could be on the TV, he could be on the radio and stuff like that. Whereas the Beatles didn't do that. They were always Liverpool, weren't they? They were always from Liverpool. They never changed their accents or anything like that. Yeah. I was reading that the, the American distributors for the films wanted to dub the Beatles' voices. Yeah. So this isn't just a class sort of thing, you know, within the United Kingdom. It's also in the US as well. Yeah. And let, let's be honest, like the they had been a band for about six years or something at this point, but it's only two years since they released their first single. And that's something else that I think is, is uh-huh. crazy. And you mentioned it before about the, the John Lennon wrote a hard day's night in 10 minutes <laughs> from like, let's have a little competition to see who can write the theme tune yeah. to this film. And he did it in 10 minutes. Yeah. The speed of working and writing that the Beatles were operating at, in the 60s is absolutely insane certainly in the first part of the 60s um 
Like it's about yeah. four months from. I think at the heart of that, though, isn't it? At the at the heart of that, though, is like you know the the relationship between Len McCartney that they're almost like fighting to be better than each other, aren't they? Yeah, and spurn each There's other on, kind of and they can't stop. Right, they and, can't stop because they're trying to aye. best each other all the time. Well, they didn't stop, did they? I mean, yeah. Even when the Beatles broke up, they were still doing it. Even though they weren't speaking to each other and stuff like that, they, yeah. was, they still had this kind of rivalry. You know, where were the want to be better or better the next person's song and stuff like that, and that yeah. can only kind of drive you on to greatness, really. We've talked we've talked about the Beatles anthology before, and obviously the idolised Elvis and stuff like that. And there's a bit more in the anthology where Paul McCartney says, uh, "Yeah, we saw Elvis come up on the screen, and you know, and there's Jane Mansfield and stuff like that." Yeah. And we thought that's a good job. So the, yeah. I think they always wanted to be in films and stuff like that. And I think uh, Brian Epstein didn't exactly sign, you know, the the a lucrative deal or anything like that for them to be in this film. Because the soundtrack was actually sort of partly owned, I think, by United Artists who yep. made the film and stuff. Yeah. And uh, he signed like a three-film deal with them and and things like that. So, yeah, I don't think it was. I just think it was the fact that they wanted to be on. I mean, and who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to be on a film? You yeah. Know what I mean, course. in a film, the the idols Elvis. I mean, of course you'd want to do that. And I I think the style of the film and where like it, it shot and stuff like that. I mean, certain parts of it, I don't know how they did it with the massive cameras that they must've had in the sixties, but it, parts of it's very handheld. And you know, when they're, they're well, chasing them around, there's that's another parts. thing I wanted to talk about the style of the film, incredibly influential. Yeah. Um, also it's taken cues. I mean, it's mad. This is a pop, a pop band film. This is essentially like having a One Direction film or something like that. Like, that's what it is. But it's been approached as if it's high art. So you've got the director taking cues from, like, 60s kitchen sink films, like Saturday night and Sunday morning and stuff like that. I know they've said that shooting in black and white was more because it cost more money to shoot in colour than black and white. But I still think yeah. it's, it, it's still a decision. They could have decided to spend that money on that and cut it on and lose it on something else. Mm-hmm. You're shooting in black and white, so it looks like Saturday night, Sunday morning, and, and these kind of 60s kitchen sink films, which is all about northern working class mm-hmm. men breaking free and stuff like that. Uh, and I think that's yeah. deliberate, whether they say it or not. But also the style of yeah. cutting, the quick cuts and the rapid camera yeah. movement, that's kind of influenced by late fifties French new wave films. Like it, it's, it's incredibly yeah. like, it's like getting David Lynch to film a video for Westlife. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, it's, it is. it's such a, it's I mean, a great mix because actually the Beatles are much more than just pop music. They're, they are high art yeah. in my opinion. It ultimately worked. Yeah. And also, that style has influenced uh-huh. so many things, like especially like I was saying that last scene in the TV studio, the camera's whizzing around the crowd while the, all the kids are, the lesser, yeah. lessons are screaming because the Beatles are playing. I never noticed it before, but when I watched it this week, I actually felt quite dizzy. Like the camera's moving around. I felt quite delirious watching that, yeah, it's that last concert so the sequence. Yeah. And it's obviously on purpose. And it, it kind of uh-huh. made us feel like that must be what it's like to be in the middle of all of those screams and, and yeah, uh, and all of that. Like, yeah, there. Be- I mean, I, that, that was obviously the 
Yeah, I guess, wasn't it? I mean, it, 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 you're right in what you're saying. I think when I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, you know, it, it's a mix. It, it is very arty, like you say. It's also, you know, a little bit like a documentary at times with the, yeah. with the camera movement and stuff like that. But then it's also surreal, you know, and it's also, you know, a comedy. So yeah. it's like a, a big mix as well. of it's different things, mix. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it, it, it's really, really good. I mean, it's really, really clever. And like you say, the things that it's gone on to influence and stuff like that. I think someone called uh, Dick Lester, who directed the film, like the, 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 the father of MTV, because this yeah. is like the first sort of music video. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously it's, yeah. a, it's a feature film, but you know, lots of music videos are shot in the same way in the 80s and stuff like that. So, oh, uh, yeah, for yeah. sure, he's, he's, he's definitely influenced a lot Apparently of things. Apparently he said he wanted but to just from a personal point of view, I just sat and I... I <laughs> he did, <laughs> I. But from a personal point of view, I just sat and I really fucking... I really enjoyed it because yeah. it's funny. It's entertaining. Oh, I mean, very who, level, who, yeah. cares about, who cares about the plot? Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's just following the Beatles around for 36 hours. And that is my... Cup of tea. Yeah, That's yeah, what I absolutely. want to watch. Favorite bits. Yeah. Um, I like uh, the bit where they're, they're being interviewed, which is what you've said, and the bit where uh, a reporter asks John Lennon if he has any hobbies, and I found out what he wrote on the bit of paper. <laughs> Do you know what he wrote on the bit? Of paper? Apparently, he wrote tits. Ah, tits. <laughs> I think he draws a picture of tits, not writes it. <laughs> yeah, I think have, he does. If you I. watch it, I think it looks uh -huh. like he's drawn a pair of boobs. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I don't. Another John Lennon bit where he's in the bath. I like that bit. Yeah, as well, that bit's great. Very surreal. On. Again, he disappears from the bath and uh, all of that stuff. And uh -huh. I read something today but, saying that he. Uh, he says, "Help!" Andy plunges a submarine into the water. So he, that's he, right. He, I, I read the next that, two man. films are all there. I think that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people can leap the stuff like that, can't they? <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 I like I like all of that. I mean, obviously the 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 famous bit for Ringo and he's acting sort of chops is is that lonely sort of bit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I've you know the same as you. We he's like hungover and stuff, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the reason why he's like that. But uh, I mean, there's loads of great. Uh, the, the, the probably the best. I haven't got a particular scene that I like. I just like the quips where they're talking to each other. Yeah. And that sort of quick witted. That's what I like about it. Yeah. I like the quick whip of all of the of all of the Beatles. There's two bits that I love. Uh, one is the when they throw the grandfather into the uh, like the cargo bit of the train. And they end up singing, I should have known better while they're playing cards. I just, uh -huh. I, I absolutely love that. It's one of those kind of surreal bits. Um, and there's another bit on the train where all of a sudden they're, they're running along by the side of the train. Going, Can't have me ball back, mister. That bit. Um, there's just these, yeah, that's right, of, yeah. these uh -huh. like surreal, this is what I mean about the French kind of stuff where yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And like, you know, like teenage <laughs> pop fans watching this film used to like, really linear films are all of a sudden like, oh, hang on, they're outside. They were in the train a second ago. Now they're yeah. running along outside of it. doesn't make any sense. It would uh -huh. have been jarring for people at the time to watch it and think, what? what? Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is, again, the throw uh, Paul's grandfather into the cargo hold. They decide to go in and have a game of cards. And then all of a sudden they're playing a song and there's like these schoolgirl <laughs> fans. And I love that song anyway. 
There's one <laughs> bit where McCartney mouths the wrong words for this. Uh, is it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's another bit where he does it as well. Like he, he generally the wrong words. I've noticed that he does that when he's laughing. When he's laughing, he always seems to mix things up. But yeah. they all do, I think, don't they? Um, but I just love that bit, like the four of them just sitting, playing a great yeah. song, and they're all sitting around, like, facing each other, singing and playing. It just the atmosphere mm-hmm. looks great. It just looks brilliant. Uh looks like they're having a great time singing yeah. and playing and acting or whatever. And the other yeah. bit I love is McCartney. Um, and it's they're on the set. And he plays And I Love Her, uh, which is one of my favourite Beatles songs. It's also, mm-hmm. you may remember the song that uh, we started our wedding with when Jane walked down the aisle is that song. So a very special place uh, in my heart yes, as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I love it. I, I just, uh-huh. It's just a beautiful song. And I love the... And it's be- I probably love it more because of this film. than In my, in my wedding, Cliff, there. Uh, on my wedding, we played... Uh, why don't we do it in the road when yeah. she came <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't do that. No, it was fucking in the bushes. Would have been good, though, wouldn't it? I think why don't we do it in the road's the best one. Yeah, well, I love that. Why don't we do it in the road? I love it. Yeah, it's big class. fun. But... The Beatles are class. They're amazing. And the thing is, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't listen to the Beatles enough. That's what I think. Well, I do. What do you think about now. that? Because I go through kind of stages in my life of where I'll 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 just have them on constantly, I and do then I'll now. stop for a bit, and then I'll I'll do it again. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And and I do at the moment because. Uh... Like the baby, I don't think she's technically she's a toddler now, even though she can't walk. Um, she loves them when I put the records on, so I've got almost all the yeah. albums on vinyl again now. I did have them on CD, obviously, like when we were we talked about collecting them when we were teenagers uh, yeah. and first had jobs and stuff. I'm trying to get them all on vinyl now, um, either old ones or, or represses or whatever, like some of the remasters and stuff. Um, uh-huh. and so they're like. They're kind of there to put on a little bit more, like rather than if they're just buried in a big yeah. pile of CDs. And uh, baby mm-hmm. absolutely loves them, and she loves Ringo, which I'm I'm over the moon with. Um, so as soon as I put, I mean, you should see her face when I, when the record player goes on, and I lift the yeah. thing up and click the thing, and the uh, arm starts going down. She's like, looks like yeah. so excited. Um, yeah. But the Beatles get the best response out of all the bands, so um, <laughs> I li- I end up putting them on a bit more than I probably used to, uh, probably yeah. than a, more than a year ago. Because um, she loves them, and Hard Day's Night, it's it's in one of my it's one of my favorite Beatles albums. Yeah. Just, every song's pretty much a banger. Um, that is. I, I mean, I it, it. it's it's funny that you should say that because I mean that's cast my mind back when Lennon, you know, was Pearl's age and stuff, and. And I would have them on constantly then. And he would love them as well. I mean, it, it, whether it's like sitting in the car or, or whatever, and, you know, you, you had them on when, when you could actually put CDs in cars and stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it was the same. It, it was almost that I thought to myself, well, it's my responsibility, you know, no matter how old he is, to actually, you know, 
get them to listen to these songs. Yeah, well, and that's, that's like a joy, another joy of being like a parent, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That you mm-hmm. can, that you can, you can let your 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 children sort of listen to this stuff, well, and you, of you, course, the yeah, enjoyment you that again. you get out of it. Yeah, and the enjoyment that you get out of watching the reaction of of your kid, you know, listening to these songs, like you've just said there, it's almost like you're listening to it for the first time, isn't it? You are because you're thinking about how they listen to it, and you know it's good, so it's not like they're going to be like, oh, and she like literally like jumps up and down and like shake, you know, she's quite in time, like shaking her hands and bouncing up and down when it comes on. It's it's Uh, great to watch, like it's brilliant. So yeah, at the moment I listen to them a lot, and Hard Day's Night is one I've had on quite a lot um or like uh, over the last few months so um yeah i know what you mean like you go in and out of listening to them and certainly for me i listen to some go, albums more than others yeah you go in and out but they're always there and you're they're always you're always in your back of your mind you're thinking oh, i should i should crack me but those albums are like do you know what i mean yeah i said do you know what i mean I don't know. your dad's gonna <laughs> tell us that I know why, Dad, you're making us feel self-conscious about what we say. <laughs> <laughs> so back off, leave us be. <laughs> but your dad, he's very clean though, your dad, isn't he? He's very clean, man. He's very a very clean, clean man. man. He is. Fastidious. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, the film, it's like, first and foremost, it's an enjoyable, fun film. It's got an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. It's got great performers in it. Are they great actors? Probably not, but it's great performances from them. Um, who cares? Yeah, who cares? And it's groundbreaking. It's dizzying, like how exciting it is, which is perfect for what it's yeah. meant to, uh, you know, what, what it's all about. I just think it's perfect. It stands the test of time. Like people could be watching it in 50 years' time and still be enjoying it, I think. And like I think that with the the Beatles music as well. I do I do have a quiz. I do have a quiz. I do. That's what I have. Uh, the quiz is about um, actors. No, it isn't. It's about uh, musicians turned actors, Mister Paul Clifford. Okay. Uh, which drumming musician made a cameo in Steven Spielberg's Hook as Inspector Good? Well, I know for a fact that this is Phil Collins because I love Phil Collins and I love yes. Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Hook is awful. Yeah, terrible. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also in this film. He's also yeah, in but Hard is Day's he in it? Is he cut. not like on the cutting room floor? Yeah, he's on the cutting room floor. He's he's not actually in there. I think he was. You always see in the Fulham. You always see like the the upper tiers of the the crowd. You never see. Anybody below the Beatles, do you? Yeah, yeah. Then he was one and of I them. think he was, yeah. I think he was one of them. So, yeah, that's that's what that was. Uh, who has a small part? You're going to get this right. Who has a small part in Mars Attacks, singing one of his hits in a half-empty Las Vegas club? You can give it more and more. <laughs> think I better dance now. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Did you say the name, or do you think people will get it from that? It's Tom Jones. Right. Who stars as the mayor of Bridge City, opposite Kevin Costner in The Postman? Iggy Pop. It's our good friend Tom Petty. Ah. Uh, Which 90s songstress got rave reviews 
as a Czechoslovakian immigrant <laughs> in 2000, in the year 2000s, Dancer in the Dark. Uh, Bjork. Which 70s punk starred in Sly Stallone's Disastrous Drudge Dread in 1995? Oh, 70s punk. He's not technically a punk. He's not technically a punk. Like a new wave punk. No, I'm going to... I remember watching it. I can't remember. I'm going to say Iggy Pop again because I can't remember. You're going to just say Iggy Pop for all the answers? (laughs) Yeah. Ian Jury. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. That's the end. Okay, I think I got three out of five. Did, did you? <laughs> I never, I never keep count. To be honest, I didn't keep count. No, but I'm going to say that. Well, no, that's I the end. And thanks for the quiz. I like that one. It was quite easy, but also fun. Um, easy but fun. Uh, so now we come to the end of the podcast, and we say thank you for listening, everyone. Please follow us on the social medias. Uh, we're on Twitter at F Circus Pod. You can find us on Facebook. It's just the name of the podcast. Um, like our podcast on Apple and shit like that. Give us a review. Subscribe to it. Um, you know, keep listening. And before we go, yeah, just keep just, doing just, it. Yeah, just like to thank you once more. Just keep um, doing it. And we're going to end this week with some music from a band called Independent Music Club, who are from the Portsmouth and Southampton area. Uh, and this is a song called Stargazing. It's pretty epic. What do you think, Brett? Yeah, I really liked it. Yes, yeah. I, I got uh, Pink Floyd vibes. Yeah, but you did Floyd, a bit uh, verve, I thought as well, and structure and stuff like that. But anyway, you can make your own mind up. Here is Stargazing by the Independent yeah. Music Club, and we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.